Hello and welcome to today's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. In today's episode, we're going to be talking all about the question, what would you do if you became wealthy overnight? How would you react? I would love to hear your response and how you would handle running into a bunch of money overnight. I'm sure it would be a crazy time. I don't know exactly how I would handle it, but I'd love to hear your response on social media or shoot me an email. But in today's episode, we're talking with Walter Richardson. Walter, thank you for coming on today's episode, but Walter introduced me to the idea of sudden wealth syndrome. And I was super interested in the topic, and I'm sure you're going to be interested as well after today's interview. We're going to be talking about what sudden wealth syndrome is, why do athletes go broke before they're 45, what lifestyle changes happen if you do come into wealth, what does wealth do to those around you, and how can we teach future generations how to handle money that maybe we weren't used to or maybe we didn't grow up with as a kid. But the money talking points for today's episode are what would you do if you became wealthy overnight? And two, how would you react if someone around you became wealthy overnight? With those money talking points in mind, let's get right into today's episode. You know, we don't talk about money enough. It's a topic that gets ignored for some reason, even though it plays a role in everyone's day-to-day life. This issue is what brought Money Talk with Skylar Fleming to reality. I know you're probably busy and don't have time to research and learn about all the things that go into personal finance. But that's where this podcast, Money Talk with Skylar Fleming, comes into play. I'm your host, Skylar Fleming. I'm here to do the research and learn about all the things that go into personal finance. The goal is to simply get us talking about money. So let's get talking. everybody. Welcome to today's interview. Joining me today, I have Walter. Walter, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, I'm Walter Richardson uh, out of Los Angeles, California, by way of New York City. I, um, I'm a financial advisor. Uh, I've worked for some of the bigger wirehouses in, in the United States, Morgan Stanley's, uh, Wells Fargo's, and recently have, have gone independent with uh, Richardson Wealth Management uh, here in Los Angeles. Awesome. Yeah, you've been around wealth a lot. I'm sure that's going to lead right very well into the topic of sudden wealth syndrome that we're going to talk about today, which when I saw you reached out to me, said, mentioned it a little bit that you covered it. And I was like, wow, that's something I've never really heard of. I'd never heard of the idea or the issue or the the syndrome, more or less. It seems like when you Google it, it seems like it might be a little bit of a disease or a symptom that you might have. But what is sudden wealth syndrome? Well, sudden wealth syndrome... Um, is basically taking someone who historically has not had large sums of money, does not know how to plan large sums of money, and doesn't understand what large sums of money uh, equate to in, in, in their country or in their community. And when they get the money, they tend to blow it. Um, you've seen lottery winners. They, they, there was even a show on, I think, A&E, where they had lottery winners who, who were broke within, you know, four or five years of getting this money. Um, it's, 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 it's something that really uh, goes into the same desires that, that greed. The same, it's, it's, it's that same gene that, that, uh, that has human greed attached to it. Yeah, and I think, honestly, that's probably going to be a lot of people if anyone comes into money. The majority of people have never seen the kind of money that I'm sure you're referring to, like lottery winnings, 
and things like that. I know one of the things you initially talked to me about was athletes, that they come into this generational wealth kind of money where their whole family is set and yet they can go broke before they're 45. How does that happen? Well, if you think about it, uh, a lot of your athletes have only focused on the athleticism in life. Um, they've done everything they can do to become a professional athlete, which is uh, play basketball, play football, play tennis, um, and maybe not take time or, or didn't have the, the parental guidance or, or, the, or the tutelage from teachers to understand what money represents. I teach my clients that there's no such thing as money, right? What you're working for is opportunity, right? The opportunity to travel, the opportunity to retire at a younger age, the opportunity to live a certain life, right? If you look at money as money, we're being inundated with advertisements everywhere we go. You know, my son is on the Internet. He's playing Roblox. He's getting, you know, uh, there's there's ads to buy more digital coins. There's mm -hmm. there's ads all over TikTok and, and Instagram, every, and, and they're fighting for ad space because they know that in our country, in the United States, we have a certain amount of um, wealth and, um, you know, uh, income that, that we can spend on random items like, you know, like we can get an iPhone every year that we don't mm -hmm. need. Um, but, but sudden wealth syndrome really is taking someone who has no concept of money and giving them, you know, millions of dollars. Now, let me take that back. It doesn't have to be millions of dollars because there's people that uh, I, I've, I've known some people to, to give you a story where they, their, their parents have died and left them a life insurance policy. Let's call it two hundred fifty thousand dollars mm -hmm. because they didn't have the, the structure with money and they didn't have a good relationship with money. He went out and bought a Corvette. He buys the Corvette. He crashes the Corvette. He winds up getting another Corvette. He's taking women out. He's partying. Meanwhile, his house is getting foreclosed on. Mm -hmm. How does that happen? What is the mentality? It's because you didn't have the structure. Mm -hmm. and you didn't have the understanding to um, to save the money. OK, yeah. So, you know, it could be a life insurance policy. It could be an inheritance. Right. Um our parents were hard workers. They worked hard. They saved. Right. Um, we're, we're in a, a time in our lives where there's a lot of focus on spending. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of focus on saving. There's a lot of focus on spending. But the smart people do save um, because, like I said, money is opportunity. Money, money really does not exist. It's I'm going to give you the opportunity to create generational wealth. That's that's the NBA. That's that's you know, I can give this to you in four years. Right. I can give mm -hmm. you that opportunity. Patrick Ewan uh, was on CNBC. And one of the things he said is that when he when he received his money, he put it in municipal bonds. And he just, you know, three percent, five percent, seven percent outperformed the cost of living, uh, you know, and, and, and just have that money wrote, um, have that interest. Compounding. Keep rolling over, yeah. keep rolling over. And, and, and he's and Patrick Ewan will never grow broke with with that uh, strategy. Somebody had to teach him that, though. Yeah. And that, that's really all it is. When you come into that kind of money, you can keep the strategy simple, but you got to learn the strategy somewhere because yeah. things change. You 
you like that guy, that story you were telling about the Corvette, that person would have never thought the day before they got that money to go buy a Corvette and forget about their house payment. But because like our money does stuff to our minds, like it just changes how we're thinking. It changes what we do. And people find themselves in a situation where all of a sudden that money's gone. What are maybe some other lifestyle changes that someone would experience when they get that windfall from life insurance or an inheritance, or maybe they won the lottery or they are like a really talented person and they're getting paid a lot of money for it. What kind of lifestyle changes do they experience there? Well, uh, there's an old saying that says uh, wealth like that. It, it, it doesn't make a person, but it will reveal a person. Right. So oftentimes you'll see where someone has has, has uh, come into a lot of money and all of a sudden they're 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 a jerk. You know, um, that shouldn't happen. Mm hmm. You know, when you when you make that kind of money, you know, you have to understand your lifestyle and what you're comfortable with. You know, there's a guy who just won, I think, the billion dollar lottery. Yeah. Everything's bought, in the billions now. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 He, he bought a house next to Leo DiCaprio. And so I was I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, now, here's a guy who had a regular job, you know, working nine to five, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year. Winds up with a billion dollars. The IRS takes half of it. And, you know, that's that's the first thing you have to remember when you put yeah. yourself in, a, in another tax bracket. You're only getting half of whatever whatever it is the person promised you. You're in a higher tax bracket now. The IRS takes half of it. He takes the lump sum. He buys a house next to, to Leo DiCaprio. Well, what I teach my what I teach my clients and my families that I work with, because I, I tend to if I bring in a client, I tend to want to bring in their whole family because it, it is educational what I teach them is that this opportunity that you have been granted, or maybe your dad is going to put a trust together, except he's going to leave you this money. But if something were to happen to him before he's 55 and a half, or before you're 55 and a half, you're still in the accumulation stage, right? You're not in the distribution stage, mm -hmm. right? And once you understand that, then you say, well, wait a minute, can I go out and buy a Ferrari? You shouldn't because you're still yeah. accumulating. Do you know how Elon Musk lives his lifestyle? No. Please tell me. I will tell you. He, he, when, when Tesla went um, public, he wound up getting an enormous amount of Tesla stock for somewhere around $7 a share. Right. You see where it is now. It's split. It's gone up and split several, several times. He doesn't take the cash out of his accounts. He goes to a bank and he says, I would like to borrow money at, let's call it 4%, right? Against these shares of stock, right? So they loan mm -hmm. him the money against the shares. The stock keeps going up. So basically the loan is free. He pays the loan back and he uses the money to open up other opportunities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. These are the kind of things like that. What you just explained, I've heard that idea before of like borrowing against your shares and things like that. But those are conversations that nobody has. Like no one has that conversation with you to say, oh, hey, you just came into this big sum of money. Let's talk about this strategy. People just don't know that sort of stuff. So like that can be right. where people just end up in over their heads with a lot of money. And even if you're 
like one of the things that my wife and I are talking about right now is she's in PA school and physician assistants make a good salary even out of their first year of school. But especially once she gets into her career, neither her or I grew up with the kind of money that she'll be making. So we're having conversations of like, how do we even prepare ourselves for the size of what your paychecks are going to be? Because we didn't ever see that kind of money. So even even like common people, as you're going through school and upgrading in your career, you can come into more money than you're used to. And if it's not all at once, maybe you don't experience those same crazy lifestyle changes. But this is why it's important to talk with professionals, just talk to people about strategy, learn new ideas. It's just, it's a really, it's a really fun thing to start diving down. And then you learn, oh, wow, I didn't even know that was possible. Like what you just said about borrowing against your shares. Some people have probably never heard of the idea, but that's something that when you start getting very, very wealthy, there's just things that unlock for you. I think that's really fascinating. That's very true. That's very true. I'll tell you something. Um, if, if you plan on having children, um, when I was young, the first time I heard about stocks, like I said, I grew up in North Jersey, close close to uh, New York, and a friend of mine, his father worked in the World Trade Center, and he, he, he didn't have a big job. He had a small job at the World Trade Center, and when he would come home, he'd have a Volkswagen buggy, and we would hang on the side of the buggy, and it had those little those little steps and we would, and he would, while he parked his car, we would hang on it. And he got out and we said, you know, he said he was coming from work and he said, I had a good day today. And I was, and we, you know, we're little kids. He said, well, what did you do? He said, I own Ford. You live around the corner from me. How do you own Ford? So he opened up the, they used to print the quotes. I'm I'm a little older than you. (laughs) They used to print them in the New York times and the wall street journal. He showed us, there's the ticker, the F and there's the stock. I own that. And it always had me thinking, well, how, how does he own this? You know, how does he own this company? I further researched it and I saw that he was a, he was a shareholder and that you could own shares. And my father was owned some shares and my father would buy bonds and municipal bonds and, and things of this nature. And I started to learn that money is not to be spent, even though they're, they're, they're showing us all these commercials all day long. But money is opportunity so that you can live a different type of lifestyle. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. That's probably going to be the quote for this episode. Money is opportunity. That's such a great way to put that. How does so let's let's talk about the sudden wealth again. Let's say you get these big windfalls and you run into a bunch of money. How does that impact those around you? Because I think people often think wonder how many people would ask me for money if I won the lottery. How does that kind of money impact your relationships and the people around you? Well, in certain uh, third world countries, if you win the lottery, you can collect the lottery with a bag on your head. <laughs> so, so all these different relatives and kidnappers don't see exactly who it is mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're a mark. All, all of a sudden you become a mark. But um, how does it affect you? You know, the the... the Let's go through. You're an NBA basketball player. You're at the draft. You get no. you get drafted number one, right? You get all this money, and you know your first salary is nine nine million dollars, right? Your mother and father probably didn't make that in their lifetime, right? So they can't really help you plan for that nine million dollars. So you start getting phone calls. From financial advisors, some good, some not so good, right? So your agent, he tells you, well, go to this guy. 
I don't, I, you know, I don't know your agent. I don't know if I trust your agent. I don't know if I trust anybody with $9 million. I would want to vet these people myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So the NBA uh, started a financial advisor program with, well, they'll vet some financial advisors and give you a list of these vetted financial advisors. Um, but I mean, you really have to sit down and talk to someone. You have to do background checks. You have to do broker check, which if FINRA has a broker check on, on, uh, on online, some people claim they're financial advisors. I heard someone told me they were a financial advisor and they were trying, they were selling, uh, insurance, life Mm -hmm. insurance, for a company that I'm not going to mention that has several lawsuits against yeah. them. Um, but, but the reality is, is that you really have to vet them. I, I would say vet them like you would vet your doctor. If you're an NBA player, you're not going to let just any random guy scope your knee. Yeah. You know, and that's how you should treat your money. Yeah. And I think that when you come into it, suddenly you really don't know what to do. So you're just hoping someone will steer you in the right way. And like you said, there's advertisements everywhere for all this consumption spending and not the opportunity spending like you're referring to. So we have to really be careful with our money. And especially if you're coming into large sums like that. But let's say a real world example, people will often fantasize about winning the lottery. They'll sit there and say, what would you do if you won the lottery? It's, oh, I'd quit my job the next day. Well, what should people actually do with that kind of money? What would be a proper way, like maybe just a few steps of a proper way to handle that kind of money? Well, the proper thing to do is don't quit your job right away, right? Um, take a look and see, you know, how, how long have you been working there? Your 401k, uh, other things that you would be, you know, if you had matching stock at your job, you, you're, you're going to lose it, right? If, if you're not vested, you're going to lose it. Um, so you have to have the mentality that I'm still in the accumulation phase, So you have to say, okay, now they gave me this $10 million or somehow I came into this $10 million. If I'm still accumulating, how can this $10 million help me accumulate more money? Right. Or 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 you might say this $10 million is enough. If I could just make 5% on it for the next 10 years, if I'm 30 years old and I plan on retiring at 50, I have 20 years. Right. So I might want to insure this money. There, there might be a way to uh, put it into a municipal bond or some type of investment. I have to go find out from a professional what is right for me. Right. And, and you know, I was watching the show Broke. Uh, ES, I think ESPN did it. I'm not sure who did it. It's broken. It's about athletes going broke. You know, and I remember one athlete, he said, I was in the Bronx and a friend of mine came up to me and said, we should open a car wash. He opened a car wash, but he didn't really give it a lot of thought. Well, on the East Coast, um, when winter comes, the car wash is closed. Hmm. Right. So look at these months during these winter months that the car wash is closed. But if you don't keep the water on, your pipes are going to freeze. Right. So the water's yeah, got to keep expensive. Running. Yeah. Right. So you so you're 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 keeping the water hot. You got to keep the water hot. You got all this stuff going on, but you're not making any money. Restaurants. That's another one. Mm-hmm. If you're not a restauranteur, if you don't if you're not if you don't know how to run a restaurant. I mean, there's restaurants here in L.A. They're here this year and they're gone next year. You know, they just it's 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 a tough business. Um, I think you should. 
do what you know. Mm-hmm. Right. If you know sports, open up a coaching program for kids. Teach them the sport. Maybe go into coaching. Maybe do some uh, some announcing. You know, maybe open up or or maybe work with uh, some something that's sports related. But mm-hmm. you have to understand you're still in the accumulation phase. You know, if I'm 30 years old, you think I just want to wake up and say I'm rich. I'm not. I don't have anything to do today. I'm just going to watch the Cartoon Network and uh, you know, I mean, sounds a little boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so and just and just like these, you know, if, if you look at rich people, if you look at um, Bill Gates, if you look at Elon Musk, they don't have to work ever again. And what do they do? They wake up and go to work every day. They're mm-hmm. still in the accumulation phase, right? Their mentality is I can't stop until it's time to stop. Right. Yeah. An NBA player, the average, the average career of an NBA player is somewhere around four and a half years. Right. Now the average salary is, is close to $9 million. If you can make $9 million in in, in four and a half years, um, that's excellent. Yeah. You're golden. But but, (laughs) yeah, but most guys don't, most guys are on the low end of that. Most guys are in the, $750,000 $750,000 range, right? Save your money. Um, put it in, put it somewhere safe, establish a trust, which, which, which is not for everybody. Talk, talk to a, an estate attorney, right? Mm-hmm. Figure out, figure out what you should save, figure out what you can spend and figure out what you can do to if you're out of the NBA, like a lot of people, you know, I, I know a couple of guys that are that are done at the age of 30. You know, what do you, what's your next? What's the next? What do they call it? The next chapter? What's the next yeah. chapter of your life? You know, and it should it should be something that, you know, don't don't get into something you don't know. Yeah. And I think, like you said, the 30 years thing, if they're out, if they're out of their career by 30, they still have what, 70 years to live. Like, what are you what yeah. are you going to do? Blow all that money? How are you going to make that much money? last that long. But even if you're someone who wins the lottery, I think one thing that I was picking up from what you were saying is see how the money you come into fits into the plan that you're already doing. Like take what you know, like you said, if you're into sports coach, if you're into marketing, do consulting, or like if you're into volunteering, volunteer more, but like see how the money that you come into fits into the plan that you're already doing. Like if you're in the accumulation phase, maybe that money helps you hit that money, that number that you had in mind. And that's great. Then you can move on to the next stage of your plan. But this is why it's so important to have those plans and the conversations in place beforehand. Because when you run into that kind of money, your plan can be set up completely different because that's like a $10 million lottery winning is enough for someone to be financially independent. Like that's enough money that you could quit your job. But if you did that the next day and just went on a bunch of cruises, the money's gone before you could (laughs) even blink. Like, you can you can spend money real fast. Like it, it's it funny. Be hard. It's funny. It's funny you mentioned cruises. You know what's you know what's in the middle of every cruise ship? Uh, a casino. That's a my casino. guess. Oh yes. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to take even more than just the yeah. price of the. Yeah, that's crazy. So how do you how do you actually help people around you? So you get this big lottery winning this ten million dollars, and you have someone who's in poverty in your family, and you want to make sure to help them. How do you actually do that properly without giving your money away to everyone that asks? Well, the, I, I, my mantra is plan, invest, manage, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do anything with a plan. You know, someone once said, if, if you don't know where you, if you don't know where you've been, you don't know where you're going, right? So you understand I was broke. I was poor. 
I don't want to go. I don't want to be poor again. Right. So I, I have this lump sum of money. I need to figure out a way to plan for this money. Right. How long do I want to work? That's that's one of the first questions we ask. How long do you see yourself working? Right. You give us a number. We're going to plug that number in. Then we're going to work backwards and see if the money can get you to that number. You know, the, the hardest conversation I've had with someone is, is to say you wanted to retire at 50. But if you want to retire at 50 and have this type of income coming in, you're actually going to have to work to 57. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. because you just you just didn't make enough money. Now you can if you do, you know, a lot of the people I deal with are professionals. Maybe you could do some consulting, make up the shortfall and you can retire at 50, you know, outside of your job. You can do like some a part consulting. Thing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And um, with the remote working that we have now, people are able to do it. You know, people are able to work from home and, and, and put in their eight hours and then. They still, for some reason, still have enough energy to go out and do some consulting for, you know, for another uh, for another firm or for some private consulting for an individual mm -hmm. uh, entrepreneur. And, you know, there's there's really good opportunities out here right now uh, as far as the way we work. Right. Like how we're doing this podcast. Right. I didn't have to drive to you. You didn't have to come to me. You know, we're, we're, we're evolving in a way where um we can do more. Uh, so even if I was an NBA player and, and I had a, 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 I was doing coaching and I had someone in, in, in Detroit, I could get on Zoom and, and coach them, take my phone outside, get on the court, do some things, show them what they should do. And then they could video themselves and, 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 and show me and we can still do the tutor, tutoring across country. Yeah, but there's opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and my point is simply um, when you're in the accumulation phase, please continue accumulating. Yeah. You know? Don't start consuming like crazy. Don't start trying to figure out how you can spend your money quite yet. Keep yeah. locked in on that plan. That's that's a great that's a great takeaway. So if it's sudden wealth and maybe passing it on to the next generation or like me and my wife, where we'll likely make more money than we've ever seen um, before. What are some ways that we can teach these to our kids or other people's kids? How do they teach their kids about money when you're better off than you were when you were a kid? How do you pass on those good habits? Well, well, here's one thing which which I see. Uh, I've I've um, prescribed some parents to do is if you go to Disney, the Disney uh, webpage, they have what's called the direct. Uh, I think it's direct investing where you can buy, you know, a hundred dollars worth of Disney. And uh, in some cases they used to do it. I don't know if they still do it. They'll send you the stock certificates. Right. And those are excellent to show your children. You know, when you have children, you say, okay, this is for you. We're going to keep accumulating these. And this is how you're going to go to college, you know, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be Disney. I think General Motors does it a couple of, you know, um, and it's a good way to show them, that, you know, the brands that you use, you can invest in mm -hmm. Nike, for instance, you know, everybody wants to wear the Nike shoes. How many of these people are Nike shareholders? Yeah, I like that. It's like the story you told right at the beginning of someone who owned a little bit of Ford instead of owning the products these companies are making, teach people to, to own the companies themselves. That's really that that's really powerful, because even if 
like your long-term plan probably isn't going to be only one single company stock or hopefully, hopefully you diversify a little more than that. But like, absolutely for a kid, that's such a good, that's such a good introduction of, you know, all these Disney movies we're watching, you own part of the company that's making that. Like that's right. Every, every time you watch Lion King, I make money. (laughs) Yeah. I can see a kid saying that, right? Oh yeah. They'd be, that'd be hilarious. They're at like a friend's party and they're like, I'm making money while we're watching this movie. That's (laughs) that's awesome. Cause then it gets the friends and stuff questioning it. But see how we're laughing and we're, and we're, when we're enjoying, this is where this would create a mindset in a, in a, Mm -hmm. in a child. Right. So you're, he's like, you know, this is fun. Like saving money is fun. And mm-hmm. saving money when I was younger was always more fun than spending money because when it was time for me to get that BMX bike, crack that piggy bank open or mm-hmm. go to the bank. And I'm like, Mom, I, I have the money for the bike that I told you I wanted. I have it. She's like, you have yeah. paper routes and pumping gas and shoveling snow. And, you know, I, I grew up in a different era, obviously. But but, you know, there's there's things that, that kids can do to understand the opportunity that money gives them. Yeah. Owning things is a great one. Working for their money and saving it. That's, that's awesome. That, that's fantastic. That's such a great takeaway for anyone listening, looking to have kids or has kids, like get them, get them interested in the saving side of things. So that yeah. really answered, honestly, the last question too, of how to instill good money habits for future generations, like keep them going with the things that are fun, lighthearted. I don't think you need to sit down with your kids and show them how to set up a trust. Like that's going to probably be boring. Yeah, I don't know. My kids are going to have to deal with spreadsheets. I love spreadsheets, so they better be ready. But yeah, I, I I love I love everything we've been talking about today. Was there anything you want to add, or could you maybe wrap up with some, how some people can contact you or anything like that? Yeah, well, you can contact me uh, uh, richardsonwealthmanagement.com. Um, I have a, a robust website that will be launching in the next couple of days. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. You could also find me on, um, on, on Facebook for right now. Uh, you can Google me. I, I will, I will show up in a Google search. Um, and what I would say to anybody like in your position that you're, if you plan on having children, take a look at the college you want them to go to, take a look at how much it costs and get that number etched in your brain that we're going to start saving. So, my, you know, my son can go to UCLA, mm-hmm. right? So this is what I need to do. You could break that down. Um, but back to the, the idea of sudden wealth, sudden wealth. I mean, my mantra, plan, manage, I mean, plan, invest, manage, right? But you got to plan first. You know, Shaq said that um, when he got his first contract, that some other guys in the locker room were, he bought a Ferrari, they bought a Ferrari. He bought a Mercedes. They bought a Mercedes. He had to pull a guy aside. I don't want to say any names. He pulled him aside. He goes, I make five times more money than you. You can't do what I do. You need mm-hmm. to save your money. And that mentality is why Shaq is one of the few NBA stars that is now a, a, a business owner and on track to probably, if he's not a billionaire already, he's on track to be the next billionaire. LeBron James, the same thing, right? Sudden wealth, but he had a plan. Mm-hmm. He had, you can tell LeBron had a plan in high school. Not that I'm going to be a basketball player, but that I'm going to be the first billionaire that's playing basketball. Yeah. So when LeBron came in the league, I don't know if you know this story. One of the first people he met with was Warren Buffett. 
Yeah, I've never heard that. If you ever sit down and talk to Warren Buffett, he will get you in the mind frame that you don't have to hit home runs with these investments. You know, a bunch of singles add up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just got to I love the idea. Just plan, invest, keep it going. Like that's that's awesome. Make sure you're make sure you're just doing those simple things. And then if you run into that sudden wealth, if someone listening to this podcast wins the lottery, first off, please contact me. I'd love to interview you on my show. But if you it would be interesting. Yeah. If you win the lottery, just plug it into that plan, invest it and keep going. Keep hitting those singles. Like you said, that's awesome. Well, Walter, this has been a great interview. It's been fantastic. A lot of good laughs. That was a lot of fun to talk about. So thank you for coming on and yeah, we'll have to catch up again sometime soon. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was a, it was a great experience. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. And again, thank you so much to Walter Richardson for coming on today's episode. If you want to reach out to him or ask him any questions, of course, his information will be in the show notes, as well as my contact information and social media. I would love if you'd reach out with any questions so that we could start to build a listener question type episode. Or if you have any questions as well, leave a comment on the Facebook post and Instagram post for this episode. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. But you may have noticed in the intro and outro, there's a little bit of a shiny spot in my head. And I wanted to share this story real quick because it's a little bit of a fun peek inside my life. I actually have six staples inside of my head. So you'll notice on a couple episodes and a couple interviews, you might be able to tell when I recorded them based on the staples in my head. I suffered an injury at a pool on a basketball hoop in a pool and had to go to the ER and get staples in my head. It was nothing crazy, but just a fun story to share. I love to share it because I think it's hilarious. So of course I'm sharing it here on my podcast. I'm sure if my wife listens to this episode, she'll have a good laugh about this part. But really it teaches us, like make sure we have our money in place because we never know when an emergency might happen. Thankfully, nothing really crazy happened. I walked to the ER because it was the only thing open at that kind of night and they stapled my head up and we were all good. But what if I went unconscious or had a concussion or something like that and maybe it required more treatment, a little bit more of an emergency? What are you gonna do in that kind of a situation if you don't have some sort of fund, whether it's a peace of mind fund or an emergency fund or whatever you wanna call it, if you don't have some money set aside for a situation like that, what are you going to do? Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you again to Walter for coming on. And thank you to every one of you for listening to today's episode. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Money Talk with Skyler Fleming. I'm your host, Skyler Fleming. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Money Talk with Skylar Fleming. This show is provided for informational and entertainment purposes and may not be specific to your unique situation. Please be sure to do additional research before making any financial decisions.